Thanks for downloading or purchasing this sermon from Christchurch Forward. To find out more, visit forwardchurch.co.uk or join us on Sundays. Christmas is full of surprises. It's, uh, it's surprising how much we eat at Christmas. We spend the whole year satisfied with a meat and two veg, but then at Christmas it's five meat and 11 veg, please. We pile the food up on our plates, uh, sausages strategically positioned to fence everything else in. And then with an overwhelming array of different options on the table, there's that sudden moment of panic, followed swiftly by an announcement. Carrots! I don't have any carrots! I need carrots! Can somebody please pass me the carrots? And then just as the carrots are making their way towards you, you see something orange buried deep at the bottom of your plate, and you feel this need to come clean. Uh, No, I'm sorry, I, I think I might have carrots after all. And then the doubt starts to set in. To be honest, I'm not sure. I can see something orange at the bottom of my plate. I, I think it's carrots, but look, I'll have to confirm it when I get down to that level. It is surprising how much we eat at Christmas. And then there are so many other surprises at Christmas time. It's a surprise when the Christmas cracker jokes are funny. It's a surprise when the young children in our house don't wake up early. It's a surprise when there aren't any arguments with the relatives. And then there's the presents. They are one glorious surprise after another, or at least they're supposed to be. Look, I've got to come clean here. I've been married for 27 years now, and there aren't that many surprises between my wife and I in the present department these days. A few weeks before Christmas Day, I say to Caroline, can you give me some hints about what you might like for Christmas? You know, just to set me on the right direction. Next thing I know, she sends me a text with a link to the specific item she wants, the shop I can find it in, and a reminder of her size. Sometimes she goes even further. After a shopping trip, she comes home, hands me a bag, and says, I'd quite like this for Christmas, please. And what really makes me laugh is that after a few days of the item lying around, the item that she bought and then handed to me, after a few days of it lying around, unwrapped, she asks me to tuck it away somewhere so that she won't be able to see it until Christmas Day, as if two weeks later it's going to be a surprise to open the present that she bought for herself. Now, look, I'm not knocking it. It takes a lot of the stress out of present buying. My point is this. Presents are not always the surprise they're supposed to be. But when they are, when you have no idea what's inside, isn't it brilliant? You shake it and squeeze it and then unwrap it and find out that it's just what you always wanted. I love Christmas for the surprises. And so this evening, ladies and gentlemen and boys and girls, in the true spirit of Christmas, allow me to show you the big surprises that are at the heart of what Christmas is really all about. Listen again to the announcement that we heard earlier. It is full of surprises. The angel said to the shepherds, Do not be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Here is the first surprise. A baby in a manger. A newborn lying in an animal feeding trough. If we hadn't heard it so often before, we we really would be amazed. It, It should stun us. It's deliberately designed to surprise us. I mean, it would be no surprise if the announcement had been that you'll find a baby wrapped in a blue M&S baby grow in a local hospital maternity unit. Except, of course, those things didn't exist at the time, so I suppose it would have been a surprise. Uh, But there's nothing unusual about that. But this, here is a baby in a manger. A baby in a feeding trough. 
If the local child protection unit heard about it, they'd be round there like a shot. It's a surprise and it's meant to be. Mary, a young mum, with her first baby, wanting everything to be just right, yet placing her baby in a manger of all places. But if that's a surprise, and it is, it's even more of a surprise when you think who the baby is. The announcement to the shepherds that, uh, about that first baby is this. He is Christ the Lord. Christ, God's king in God's world. The Lord, none other than God himself. When we meet this baby, we are in the presence of royalty. Let me spell it out, if I may. Here is the king of the entire universe being born as a baby. God in a baby. That's another surprise. But put it all together, God in a baby in a manger. Now that's something else. The point is this. The one true living God is not like anything that we'd expect him to be. Uh, my guess is that many of us have come here tonight to try and escape all that's going on out there, wanting for an hour or so to get away from all the madness of, of present buying and, and food shopping and organising and, of course, to escape all the political events that have dominated the news in these last weeks. Well, look, thanks for coming tonight. I do hope this is something of a sanctuary for you. And I want to say how pleased we are that you've chosen to come this evening. But let me suggest that rather than come to escape the harsh realities of the world... Wouldn't it be wonderful if this evening you could discover an answer to the major issues in the world? Because you see, that is what we find in this God in a baby in a manger. Uh, during the run-up to this Christmas election, people have been telling me that what they really want is a leader they can trust, a leader who has our best interests at heart, a leader who won't take, an, uh, take advantage, a leader who isn't out to feather their own nest or, or advance their own career, a leader who's honest, authentic, selfless, a leader who is for us. Well, the good news is that that leader that you and I want is right here in God, in a baby, in a manger. Now, look, I don't know what you think God is like or if you believe in him at all, but the one true God who came to us at Christmas is nothing like the God that many people have in their minds. When the baby grew up and Jesus walked this planet, we not only had all the evidence we need to know that God exists, but we also discovered what God is like. And his humble beginnings are all part of telling us what he's like. They tell us about a God who is nothing like we imagined. When I first seriously looked into Jesus Christ, you know, as an adult... I discovered what God is really like. Looking at Jesus, my idea of God was completely turned upside down. I always believed God was there. But to my mind, he was a kind of Santa Claus, Santa Claus in the sky type of character. How does the song go? He's making a list and checking it twice, going to find out who's naughty or nice. Santa Claus is coming to town. He knows when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows when you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness sake. Frankly, I'm amazed that we sing that around children because it's kind of scary, don't you think? He's got his eye on you even when you're sleeping. And if you step out of line, you're not getting the good stuff. And before I thought seriously about Jesus Christ, that's what I used to think God was like. Able to see everything I've ever done. Oh, I still believe that about him, but only willing to reward good people. And I know I'm not the only one to think about God in that way. Just the other day, someone said to me this, I don't think of myself as a bad person. I've never done anyone any harm. I do, I'm a decent citizen. So if God is there, I'm sure that when my time comes, he'll let me into heaven. 
Now, can you hear it? God gives good stuff to good people. I'm a good person, so I'll get the good stuff, heaven. Now, look, I don't know whether that squares with your view of God, if you believe in him at all. But let me tell you the great surprise, and it is very good news. The great Christmas surprise is that the one true God is not like that at all. The one true God who was God in a baby in a manger and then grew up to be Jesus of Nazareth is completely different. He didn't come to keep his eye on us, to see if we can cut the mustard, make the grade, pass the exam of life. Now listen again to the announcement. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. A saviour, he's come to rescue us, not to judge us, but to save us. Now that's the surprise that really took me aback when someone first helped me to unwrap the events of that first Christmas. And when I heard it, I was so relieved. Why? Because I know I'm not a good person. Now, one of the things that I'm most looking forward to at Christmas time, on Christmas Day, in fact, is sitting down with the family, uh, watching a good film or two. If any of you have any recommendations, do let me know afterwards. But let me tell you, I don't want anything scary. I really don't like scary things. I, I get so easily spooked. Leap out from behind a bush and I will jump a mile. Boo! Ha! Huh. Remember back to your school days. There was always one kid who would love doing that kind of thing. You know, the kid who would sneak up behind you and make you jump. You know, when you were standing on the edge of the swimming pool or peering over a bridge. There you were, minding your own business, and that one kid in the school would sneak up behind you, grab you by the shoulders and say, Saved your life. Boo! Ha! Ah. It was so annoying. Save my life, I wasn't in any danger until you nearly gave me a heart attack. Now, some people think that's what's going on when we hear the announcement of a saviour. Here you are in the middle of a carol service, minding your own business. God creeps up behind you and says, saved your life. And you think, but I'm not in any danger. Arthur Conan Doyle, the creator of Sherlock Holmes, once wrote to the 12 most respectable people that he knew living in London at the time. It was a prank. He sent them a telegram. And the telegram simply said, flee. All is revealed. And you know, within 24 hours, six of them had left the country. Now, I kind of relate to that. Because there is stuff in my life that I am deeply ashamed of. Or things you don't have a clue about. Things in my past. Things that go on in my head. Outwardly, I look very respectable. I'm the vicar, for goodness sake. I live in Fullwood of all places. But honestly... If everything about me was about to be revealed, I'd get out of town and quick. And so when I first heard about this God in a baby in a manger coming to save us, I was mightily relieved. You see, this is nothing like the kid who creeps up behind you and says, saved your life when you're not in any danger anyway. No, the one true God sees everything in my life when I'm awake and when I'm asleep. And if I'm honest... That is very bad news because I'm not good. Some years ago, I heard about a thief, a, a burglar who carefully watched the habits of those he was planning to raid before he actually did the job. Over a number of weeks, he observed that a particular family always went out between the hours of 7 and 9 p.m. on a Saturday. And so on the Saturday before Christmas, as he saw the whole family get into the car at 7 o'clock, as they always did, he went around the back, smashed a small window, and was in the house in no time at all. It was dark. He carefully made his way into the living room, 
where he could see a shadowy outline of a Christmas tree and all the presents wrapped up underneath it. And as he opened his bag to begin to throw the presents in, he heard a voice. I can see you and so can Jesus. The burglar froze. Didn't move a muscle. Then when everything was quiet again, he went towards the presence again and the voice came again. I can see you and so can Jesus. Terrified that he'd been caught, he slowly moved his torchlight towards the voice. And there in a cage was a parrot. As the torchlight fell on the parrot, the parrot said it again. I can see you and so can Jesus. And the burglar was so relieved that as he started to relax, his arm lowered and the torchlight shone below the parrot cage to reveal a dog, a huge dog, a Rottweiler looking straight at the burglar, snarling with all its teeth showing. And just as the torchlight shone on the dog, the parrot said, Get him, Jesus. <laughs> I can see you and so can Jesus. Well, look, Jesus does see everything we do, but here's the thing. Even though he sees exactly what I'm like, he didn't come into the world to rip me to shreds. He didn't come to get me at all. No, he came to save us. Because there is stuff in our lives, stuff that maybe only you and God know about, but that's the thing. God does know about it. We can't hide it from him. And one day we're going to come face to face with him. No doubt there'll be much to celebrate when that happens. Great achievements in life, moments of kindness, a successful career, a happy family. But there'll be much that we're deeply, deeply ashamed of as well. Times when we've really hurt people, when we've been completely selfish, the things that go on behind closed doors, the skeletons in our cupboard. And then there's the fact that through most of our lives, we've taken all the good things that God gives us and rarely had anything to do with God himself. And so just the thought of standing before God one day is a very uncomfortable thought. But Jesus Christ isn't like Santa Claus. He didn't come to keep his eye on us to see if we're naughty or nice, to see if we can cut the mustard and pass the exam of life. No, he came precisely because we don't make the grade. He came to save us. A few days before Christmas in 1991, 19-year-old Robin Farmer returned to Northern Ireland after his first term at university in Glasgow. Now remember, this was during the Troubles in Ireland. Uh, through his Christmas holiday, Robin Farmer helped out in the family shop in County Tyrone. And one, uh, one day, just before Christmas, uh, a terrorist gunman burst in and aimed the gun at his father, who was a police reservist. Robin, the son, the university student, instinctively dived in front of his father and took the bullet in instead of his dad and died shortly afterwards. Now that courageous sacrifice is just a tiny picture of what Jesus did for us when he died on a cross. It's a little picture of how he saved us. To this day, Robin's father can say, my son died to save me. In the same way we can say, God's son died to save me. He died on the cross, and as he did, it's as if Jesus took the bullet. He took the punishment that we deserve for the lives we've lived. Now, isn't that the kind of leader you want? One who humbly gives himself for us? That's why he was laid in a manger, to show us the kind of God he is. Even though he's a king, he wasn't born in a palace. Even though he has absolute power in the entire universe, he humbly gave himself for us because he loves us. That is God. 
in a baby in a manger. And that is the good news that was announced that first Christmas. He gives good things to bad people. He saves those who aren't good enough. People, if I may, like you and me, who are selfish, who hurt others with their words and their self-centered thoughts and actions, who've had the most wicked thoughts sometimes, who've largely treated God as an afterthought, a footnote in our lives. He loves you and he wants to forgive you. Isn't that something? No matter how bad you've been, Jesus, who is God in a baby in a manger, humbly laid down his life for you and died on a cross. Uh, Two weeks ago, I asked my Facebook friends about their favorite surprises at Christmas. One said that their favorite surprise was, and I quote, the present you're delighted with that you never knew you wanted. It means someone knows you better than you know yourself. Now, I guess that sums up the surprise of Christmas. God knows you and me better than you know yourself. He knows you inside out. He knows everything, even all the dirty rubbish in your life. But because he loves you, because he loves you more than you can imagine, he gave you the gift that you never even knew you wanted, the gift of a savior. Like all gifts, we have to take it and unwrap it. But when we do, we get forgiveness. We get to come into a relationship with God, meaning we can have confidence when we die that we'll be with him forever. This God who is trustworthy, who'll never let us down, and who'll give us eternal life. Now that really is good news.